Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Who Knew with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart. Now, first guest is host of the Shut Up a Second and Being Hot is Hard podcast. It's Cass Page. Here I am. <laughs> Our second guest this week has appeared on every classic Australian TV show from Home and Away, <laughs> Neighbours, Blue Healers, and McLeod's Daughters. It's host Correct. of the Two Guys One Cup podcast, Charlie Clawson. Hello. I didn't uh, know you'd Saints. been in all those shows. All, all Saints is the only one that got away. I never got on all you Saints. Never got on. <laughs> Did you ever work with Georgie Parker, though? Yeah, she was in Home and Away. Oh, she's good. a Rue, grown up Rue on, on Home and Away. She's a grown up kid character from like the eighties or something. Yeah, like That's Rue. Well, Rue was a teenager in the eighties. She was one of the first foster kids, I believe, when Tom and Pippa right. had the house. Oh, I can't remember the actress who played young Rue. I did read that you played two characters on Blue Healers. You did it. You played a grave robber and then you came <laughs> back. Fucking hell, mate. <laughs> this is right. I didn't know you had a researcher on this show. What's well, the no, budget? I, I, felt, I, felt, I fell in a bit of a bit of a Clawson hole uh, yesterday. And, oh, they um, suck. <laughs> That's what my wife calls me. <laughs> She's like, I wish I'd never married you and fallen into that Clawson hole. <laughs> Uh, yes, no, that is true. Uh, funny story. I feel like this is a talk show and you've set me up for an anecdote that my people have <laughs> yeah. prepped you with. But um, yes, my first ever acting job was my agent called and said, oh, you've got a part on Blue Healers. It's just like a couple of lines, but you're playing a grave digger. And I was like, oh, awesome. So I turn up at this like, you know, cemetery in Werribee and there's another kind of actor there and we're just waiting around for the, you know, the crew to arrive because they're coming from another location. And we start chatting and he's like, who are you playing? And I said, the grave digger, who are you playing? And he's gone, the grave digger. And I'm like, oh no, like, I think there's only one grave digger because I've, you know, read the script. And he's like, yeah, that's me. I'm like, no, my agent. So I called my agent. My agent said, well, I don't know. They just said that, you know, Charlie's got the job as a grave digger. So the director arrives, they're setting up the shot. And I'm like, I'm the grave digger. And he's like, no, no, I'm the grave digger. And the director's like, you know what? We don't even need to hear from the grave digger because I wanted the line yeah. on camera, like, this is the body or whatever it was. I can't remember. The, uh, the director said, fuck it. Uh, we're just going to get rid of the line altogether. And so the only part of me you see in the shot is the back of my shoulder as they're shooting, like, up towards, like, you know, Tom, uh, Sergeant Tom, whatever, Croydon. And then my gloved hand wiping away the name on the front of the coffin. And that was my first appearance on Blue Healers as my shoulder and my hand. What, what about the other guy? Did he yeah. get any torso in? Any face oh, Fuck him. <laughs> Man, that fuck sounds him. stressful. I don't know. You have to plead your cases. You think you've yeah. got the job and then you're like, no, 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 I'll, I'll, be, I'll be really good at saying there's the body. 
Here's the body. Sorry, yeah. here's the body. All right, I have to know, <laughs> were you credited as Gravedigger 1 or Gravedigger yep. 2? Oh, <laughs> no, that's a good point, actually, Matt. Have you got time? Go look up IMDb. <laughs> see if, or type in Charlie Claus and Gravedigger Blue Healers and see if it comes up as an IMDb credit. Because I think it was so minimal, like I'm an extra, essentially, that they wouldn't have credited me, but it might exist. IMDb can be updated by regular people just like you and me, right? So we could... Oh, IMDb? Yeah, we could. I would have to know what episode it was, though, wouldn't I? It, do- it does mention it in your... It says... Because it came up here. Let me see. It says... Oh, tri- it comes up under trivia. <laughs> Before getting the there role of Senior Constable Alex Kirby, Charlie made his first appearance on the show as a, in a cameo as a gravedigger. Not a cameo. I like literally was an extra, an uncredited extra. It's funny how it's, yeah, zhuzhing up the extra role. Like, did you know back ending it as a. Kevin Costner's first starring role was in The Big Chill, but then they cut him out of the entire film. Because you know, The Big Chill, the plot of that is a group of friends getting together after the premature death of one of their other friends. Uh. Kevin Costner was the guy who died. And there was all these like flashbacks with all the friends remembering their time with Kevin Costner. But then the director was like, nah, and so cut Kevin. <laughs> so he's in it, but he's the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Costner is the corpse in the big chill. I kind of feel like, you know, that was my corpse moment. Hey, let's start the show. This is how it works, Charlie. You, you don't, you, this is your first time, so I'll explain it to you. Yeah. The way it works is I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and then our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then okay. read out their answers as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. Uh, and the, the questions come in from listeners. The first one comes from Becca from Park Ridge in Queensland. And Becca's question is, what does spermaceti mean? <gasps> what does spermaceti mean? It sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I could not fit in another bite. <laughs> I've swallowed too much tonight. <laughs> While they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant, and another point if you correctly guess the answer. By the way, I'm also playing as the house. I've put into my own fake answers for each hey, question. Matt, I'm really sorry. I've forgotten what the question was. <laughs> What's something spermaceti? What, what was does spermaceti? spermaceti mean? So you need to oh, define the word spermaceti. Can I ask for a spelling too? Is it sperm like the sperm? Yes. Sperm? S-P-E-R-M-A-C-E-T-I. Oh, only one T. Mm. Okay. It's, it's, it sounds so much like spaghetti. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about pasta, but it's not that. Well, could be. I have, it sounds Italian a lot. So it's like, what does seti mean? Seti. Seti like a couch. Spermaceti. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Does seti mean couch? Uh, So, anyway, we can all score up to two points per round, which seems fair, but the probability actually favours me, the house. And uh, the house is, that's why the house has won nearly a third of the episodes of this show. Um, Pretty good odds. Uh, anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, which is linked in the show notes. All right, the answers are in for question number one. What does spermaceti, spermaceti mean? Spermaceti could also be like a cop in a 70s, like, <laughs> 70s, like, gritty I'll have your badge, Spermaceti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been shooting all over the place, Spermaceti. <laughs> 
What does spermaceti mean? The long tendrils that grow out of plants where the flower meets the stem. A pasta shape from the Umbria region of Italy named for its resemblance to sperm. Uh, the, the white waxy <laughs> substance found in head cavities of sperm whales. A lace frock or a seti lounge from Victorian England said to increase fertility when couples used it for copulation. <laughs> Not the last one. I love. I do like how uh, your brainstorming session ticked off quite a few of these options, Charlie. Yeah. Mm. There's so many okay. in there that I believe. Can you give me the short version of each one again? Just yes. Like uh, long tendrils yeah. from a plant, yeah. pasta shape, waxy substance in a sperm whale's head, lace frock, or the uh, the boning couch. Lace frock is so innocuous, but it it could just be. They name things after so many different things. Mm. You know, I think the person I think who it's going to be the the smegma from the sperm whale because I, it's got sperm right there. It's like in, I think that's <laughs> what smegma. I like you know like dick dick cheese. Oh, okay, <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> you know, because that's what they're saying, right? That's a build up of some waxy substance. Yeah, yeah, in the head in the of the sperm whale. Yeah, head dick cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Whale head Oh, like cheese. head cheese. Okay, sorry. Head cheese, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet you it's a delicacy somewhere, head cheese. Yeah. Whether or not it's spermaceti. Although, maybe that's what spermaceti is, a delicacy as well. Mm. Mm. I, I love how, like, all those pastas that sound fancy as well just mean, you know, like, firmicelli or whatever. That's not one of them. But they all is just, the, they just mean, like, elbows or, or bends or, like, bow ties. Right. They all just mean... Like it's just yeah. the Ita- it sounds fancy, but it's just the basic Italian word for the shape. So you right. could have like a spermaceti and like a camnoli mm. and like Gizzacini. Gizzacini, yeah. like <laughs> So you're lo- you're looking in the uh what do you call it? The the head cheese. Uh, no, head cheese. Head, head cheese. The whale dick head cheese. I like that first word you used. I don't think I knew what it meant until now. Chogma or smeg. Smegma. Chogma. Chogma. That's like that's some sort of a political body, isn't it? A chogma. They made it chogma every four years or something. I don't know. And Cass, what are, <laughs> what are you thinking? I think I'm going to go with the lace dress. Lace dress. Okay. Like it, Cass. I don't know. I can I can imagine looking at a dress and thinking of the same feelings that would make me name vermicelli vermicelli yeah spermicelli locked it in here's who wrote the answers long tendrils that grow out of plants where the flower meets the stem that was cast page that was very that just came that was amazing that was my second choice oh thank you that yeah, felt like that yeah. was really good i was that once feels again like a real to, thing i was thinking of vermicelli i'm like what gives me the vibe what what would i name something it's a beautiful like it. name for a girl. Very convincing. Very convincing. Set <laughs> yeah. uh, A Lounge from Victorian England uh, that helps fertility. That was written by Becca, uh, in particular, you know, from the house. Thank you, Becca. That was written by Becca, aka the house, uh, which is the one that Charlie ruled out straight away. Um, <laughs> mm. Becca also Sorry. wrote. The- no offense, Becca. <laughs> Becca also wrote the one about the pasta shape from the Umbria region of Italy. It was amazing because your first two instincts. Well, the same as yeah. Becker's. Sete yeah. lounge, pasta shape. Um, yeah. I had to work my way through it. And that means, Charlie's correct, it's the white waxy substance found in the head of cavities. And Cass went for Charlie's, which was a lace frock. Oh, my God. Yes. So, Isn't that interesting? I almost fell for yours and you definitely <laughs> fell for mine. Yeah. 
So we're like uh, two, we're two, like two swordsmen or like fences, you know. It's like you know, in every movie they'll oh, yeah. they'll start off, they'll be like, oh, they admire each other. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. see you trained under yes. Master Sheng too. Finally, <laughs> a worthy opponent. Yeah, exactly. I was growing so bored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so after one round, it's the house of no points, cast of no points, but out in front on two points, it's Charlie Clawson, and that brings us to question number two, which comes from Michael from Peliquin. I'm not sure where that is. And Michael's question is, what is the mascot of the Portland Timbers Soccer Club? Who plays in the in Major League Soccer in America. What's their mascot and what does it do to celebrate a goal? <laughs> it's, it's a sperm whale. <laughs> and you're not going to believe what it does. <laughs> Choggum's right out its blowhole. <laughs> I'm still saying Choggum. Sprogum. Smegma. Smegma. Smeg. Uh, so while you're writing your answers, I'm going to tell the audience a bit more about spermaceti or spermaceti. Sorry, uh, Becca writes of spermaceti uh, that it was used chiefly in ointments, cosmetic creams, fine wax candles, pomades, and textile finishing, and later it was used for industrial lubricants. The substance was named in the mistaken belief that it was the coagulated semen of the whale. I guess that's why the the whales were called sperm whales as well because they ah. Oh. Named for the spoof. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I thought they were named that because they l- looked like big sperm. Mm. But did we did we know what sperm looked like when? Oh yeah, we probably found not, them? right? No. How big were their magnifying glasses back then? They have to be pretty big <laughs> <laughs> to look at mine. <laughs> Some guys really <laughs> fragile about the size. I've got actually huge sperm. <laughs> um, yeah, my semen are actually really big. You can actually see what they look like. Yeah. I can actually tell which one's the fastest one because I raced them. It actually beat a trout once. <laughs> beat a trout up the uh, up the Murray River. We raced them right across. I mean, so part of the game, though, is like mate, potentially to try and get it right, but also to throw off your opponent. Or is that 90% of the game? I think, yeah, it's opponent. mainly throwing off your opponent, but also having a little fun along the way. Oh, yeah, it's the friends we made. <laughs> All right, here's question number two. What is the mascot of the Portland Timbers Major League Soccer Team and what does it do to celebrate a goal? Uh, Twiggy is the name, an anthropomorphic pine tree that runs length of the field before toppling over as the crowd screams, Timber! (laughs) Timber Joey. That's pretty good. Uh, To celebrate a goal, Timber Joey uses his chainsaw to take off a slice of a large log known as the victory log. I was thinking that. I was. Actually, I was thinking more like Royal Melbourne Show, you know, the axe competition, the woodchopping competition. Remember that guy, that Tasmanian guy was like world champion for a long time? He was one of Australia's great sportsmen. I can't think of his name. No. Well, clearly one of Australia's great sportsmen who will fade into obscurity. Uh, Then we've got Bucky the Beaver, who, after a goal, pretends to eat the goalposts. (laughs) (laughs) you got... Monty the Mountain Lion, who is fed a chunk of meat painted with the opposition's colours every time a goal is scored. <laughs> or Hang on, wait a minute. Wait, an actual... Sorry. Not ma- real meat. Yeah, real meat. Well, or I mean... That's sh- but it's not, not a real mountain lion, or is it a real mountain lion? I think this one must, must be a real mountain lion. This can't be true. So it can't be real paint then, right? Well, I guess food yeah, dye, This probably. story does not check out at all. Something has Stewart. to be fake in this. <laughs> I know it with Matt Stewart, and it's definitely, <laughs> that is not a real one. 
Uh, the final option is a sentient chainsaw who pulls spectators out of the crowd and <laughs> pretends to cut them in half. <laughs> so, I, when uh, I was writing mine down, I had this idea about, not a chainsaw, but a man with a chainsaw who would run up. I think that's why I asked you to clarify is it after a goal because in my mind at halftime he runs out and was like who's got wood <laughs> he runs out <laughs> in the crowd and pretends to chop all the guys dicks off I think I could get into sport if that were happening that's so fun that is fun I love getting the crowd involved that's yeah. the kind of like any of these I'm if I'm ever in the Portland area I'm going to a game based on any of those celebrations I reckon mm. yeah theatre uh so what what are you thinking? Can we get a summary again, please? So we got yeah. Twiggy, the anthropomorphic pine tree. <gasps> Who falls? Falls over. Timber. Got Love Timber that the Joey. crowd gets involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Timber Joey uh, celebrates a goal by taking a slice off the victory log. Bucky the beaver, who pretends to eat the goalposts. Monty also the great. mountain lion, who's a real mountain lion <laughs> eating uh, no, meat. Stop. <laughs> or a sentient chainsaw who uh, pretends to cut them in half. That's my one, sentient chainsaw. Can I? Oh, sorry, am I yeah, allowed to just go? Yeah, you can lock in. Sure. Uh, can oh. I lock in the last one? It's locked. I reckon I really like the beaver and the one that falls over and says timber because <laughs> I think they're both fun. Um, I reckon I'll go the beaver. Lock in the beaver in for Cass. <laughs> All right, here's who wrote the answers. Uh, let's start with Monty the mountain lion. Um, I wrote that one. Um, <laughs> And, I think it's a real lion, guys. Uh, so many holes in that scenario. Uh, real animals as mascots, yeah. okay? And the any di- it's real meat is eating too. It's real meat, and it was probably food dye. Not, <laughs> I'm not saying it was painted with house paint. You did say just, paint. I, well, I regretted that. <laughs> all we're saying <laughs> is you could have put a little more work into it, Matt. That's all we're saying. Uh, the other one I wrote was Twiggy, the anthropomorphic tree who falls down when the crowd screams timber. Mm, really good. See, I, I like love that one. That's so fun for the crowd to get involved in. Like your mm. dicks off one. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can imagine like getting tanked at the event and then someone comes up and you're just like, do, do me, do me, do me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got wood. I've got wood. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cass, you went for Bucky the Beaver. I did. That was Charlie. Two for two, baby. <laughs> I'm inside your head. I'm oh. like you're, you're Clarice Starling and I'm Hannibal Lecter. I'm just mind games. You're in there. I've set up a little room for you. I've said, make yourself at home. Yeah. Stay as long as you like. That's right. And Charlie went staring, for- unblinking into the corner <laughs> like a psychopath. Charlie, you went for a sentient chainsaw, pulling the spectators yeah. out of the crowd. That was Cass. You went for each other's. Oh, the reason see. I'm in your head is because my head's empty and I'm, <laughs> yeah. it's actually got a new occupant and it's you. <laughs> And wow. that means, I think once again, we, we parry, we thrust, we stand back, and I just give you a little nod of acknowledgement. I doff my hat to you. Oh, yes, we're doffing. Madame. And I'm standing over the side with my sword going, guys. It's a real come, sword. Come fight with me too. <laughs> uh, that means, uh, really, it's probably the most disappointing of all of them in the end. Timber Joey, who slices off a bit of the victory log. That's the real one. So oh, it's shit. a real log? It's a real log, this huge log behind the goals. It'll, every every goal and every clean sheet will slice off a, a piece and the players get them and then they take them to a local uh, furniture maker and they get them turned into things for their house. That's really nice. 
The weird part of that, though, is when the guy chops the log, they've got a pre-recorded scream. <laughs> <laughs> Please! <laughs> Don't hurt so much! I'm a living thing! <laughs> it's really weird. It is weird, but, yeah. There are some players that, are, you know, miss on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I can't. Save the tree. I'm an environmentalist. We're up to question number three. This one comes from Andriana from Rome in Italy. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, Homer's Andriana spelled out her name phonetically because I would, and cleverly because I would have definitely said Andriana, but that's <laughs> quite different how Andriana from Rome Andriana. in Italy. Your honor. And Andriana's question is what is the more common name for the plant wild clematis? Wild clematis. Wild so clematis. So can a, we get do you do clues and shit? Uh not necessarily. Like can I Yeah, what do you want to do? You do, you do you but so is, is is it a common usage thing that we would both recognize? No, no. The, you would, I don't I've never heard of it. So I don't oh, think okay. It's just a. It's just a. Basically, just think of a funny nickname for a plant, I guess. That sounds like chlamydia. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you don't want to give away all your answers too early. <laughs> say, say it again. What's a what's wild a, a, clematis? So wild clematis. So that's the fun name, the silly one that no, we've that's given the, it, or the, the scientific that's one. That's the real name. Yeah. So we have I to give it a so. funny nickname. I might miss wild that. clematis. You yeah. could like old pink bill or something like that. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. That's, that's the first right. thing that came to my mind. It was terrible. <laughs> like that's not the Latin name either. So there's probably an even more. Wild clematis. Wild clematis. But apparently. So you, did you say yeah, it's a plant? Clematis. It's a plant. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, according to Andriana. You wouldn't Andriana, call it like Willie C, would you? <laughs> you could. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. You're burning too many, too much, too much gold. Uh, don't worry. I'm very confident. I'm very confident that I will uh, come up with something else. All right. While you're writing your answers, I'll let the audience know a bit more about Timber Joey. According to Michael, uh, Timber Joey is actually the second person to be the mascot. Timber Jim was the original <laughs> lumberjack, uh, and he started his career with the team in the 70s and quickly became a beloved figure among fans for his energetic and entertaining antics during games. One of his most famous stunts was scaling up into the rafters of the stadium Hundreds of feet in the air, revving his chainsaw. Sometimes without safety ropes. Uh, this was the seventies, after all. After Tim Jim, after <laughs> Tim Jim, Timber Jim retired, Timber Joey took over as the new mascot in two thousand and eight. And like Timber Jim, Timber Joey is a lumberjack character who wanders the concourse, revving his chainsaw. He's famous for using that very same chain- chainsaw to cut off a log slice after every goal scored by the Timbers or clean sheet held by the goalkeeper. Players will often go to a local craft person to get custom pieces of furniture made out of them. Both Timber Jim and Timber Joey have become iconic figures in Portland's soccer history, known for their dedication to the team and their passionate support of the Timbers. I'm guessing Michael's a big Timbers fan somehow. But I love that <laughs> you get that vibe? I love that he brought that to our attention. I've never like I know some of the teams. I know there's like New York City and uh Toronto Football Club, which I think is the team I go for. Oh, nice. Try and pick a team in most... most, <laughs> most um, in most games? Most sports, yeah. Tim's expensive. I would go to a game to be like, oh, let's see if we can get a good slice today. 
Yeah. Mama needs a new pair of couch and imagine, chairs. Imagine you're like, yeah, that'd be the good. You're either like a big goal scorer who's got heaps of pieces. Like, I don't have any more room in my house. And he starts giving them out to people in the crowd. That'd be sick. All right. The answer for question number three. One of these is the a real common name for a plant, wild clematis. Bonkers gronk. <laughs> Old man's beard. Clammy palms. Witch's nipple or poisonous Kevin. <laughs> Witch's nipple, you say? Witch's nipple. Witch's nipple. <laughs> Hang on. Let's go, let's go again. <laughs> Bonkers gronk. Old man's beard. Clammy palms, witch's nipple, or poisonous Kevin? Clammy palms feels too obvious. I mean, I know I'm going against my own sperm whale logic because <laughs> mm. I'm like, sperm, it's, it's so obvious. But I feel like Matt would have put this in to throw us because sperm whale, you wouldn't do it twice, right? If you were the quiz master. <laughs> Matt, take your headphones off. <laughs> we're in the <laughs> private powwow. This is the part of Batman versus Superman where Batman doesn't realize we can be friends. Yeah. And we team up to take <laughs> we, down we the We can yeah. figure this out together. <laughs> yeah. But do you agree though? Like he wouldn't put in two clam- like clammy hands. It's too close to what the actual name is. Jeez, do you know I what like I mean? how much uh, how much thought you think I put into this. But um. <laughs> okay, I just feel like it's too because that's the first one that leaps out at me being the right answer. But because of that, I I'm suspicious of it. Okay, yeah. suspicious of things that seem true. Well, just because only because the sperm whale thing. And you Which- you're thinking because it's palms like a palm tree. Yeah. Which oh, part no, of- I wasn't thinking no. that. No, what, what, what were you thinking made it obvious? Uh, clammy, isn't it? Clammy hands? Yeah, clam- oh, clammy palms. Clam- clamatis, clammy palms. I see what you're saying, mm. yep. What yeah. part of the world Yeah, I also connected that together. <laughs> <laughs> now you're starting to make me think you don't actually know what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe I should stick with my original instinct. <laughs> um, oh, I, I personally am leaving, I'm personally leaning towards old man's beard. Because I'm thinking yeah. like- that's yeah. What a what a plants look like. Witch's nipple. I can't see that being real, although I want it very badly because I would love to. Because you know, sometimes you look at a thing. It, all nature repeats itself. So some flowers are quite yonic, and some are nipply, and some are phallic. And I would mm. love to see have someone look at it and be like, it's like a nipple, but like, like she's a crone and she's magic, <laughs> yeah. but it's not good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you think like the, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West, Green Witch, like a green, you know, that's... A gripple. Yeah, a gripple. A gripple. Mm. <laughs> I like Old Man's Beard. I love Witch's Nipple. Um, poisonous Kevin. I'm that, leaning away uh, from Poisonous Kevin because yeah, it's too, too funny and I love it too much. <laughs> it's on the nose. And Gronka Bonka, whatever that first Bonkers one was. Gronk. Like, Bonkers Gronk. Bonkers Gronk. Well, we, we saw how Matt uh, reinterpreted Smegma. So I think... Yeah. That could be a mat. <laughs> you know what? I, are you might are you betraying me? Like, are you now going back? Because I reckon you tried to throw me with the Kevin's too obvious. Because I just walked, I just followed you off a cliff. Then I was like, yeah, you're right. And now I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe your plan. Maybe that's your suggestion. Maybe I've suggested a poisonous Kevin. <laughs> yeah, maybe I suggested. That, but, you've, but you try to put me off that, uh, and because you'll know that I'll then go for. Oh, now I'm confused. Right? Maybe, maybe I'm like, oh, I mean, I love witch's nipple, but it couldn't be real, could it? <laughs> No. Imagine. No way. Imagine if plants look like a witch's nipple. I mean, I'd like to imagine a witch's nipple, but ooh, <laughs> You're doing I guess some I could like Darren Brown mentalist that... trick on me, just trying to talk me into it. <sighs> if I say nipple enough, maybe he'll be like, "Yeah, some plants look like nipples." <laughs> beard, though. Beard. I reckon I am going to go old man's beard. Old man's beard. Look that in for Cass. 
Clammy palms. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm thinking it is Kevin now. Just because. No, but why would it be that? No. <laughs> Kevin is yours. And it is. It's not Bonker Gronk. It's Clammy. It's Clammy. Is it Clammy? No, Clammy Palms seems too obvious. Oh. All right. I'm just going to lock in Clammy Palms. I'm going to go with my, my instinct. You've, uh, you've gone all around the world that's there. A full, <laughs> that's a full circle. Yeah, I know. I just feel like, yeah. I don't know if Matt knows what he's doing. <laughs> so I feel like. Yeah, you, you were trying to play 3D chess against the yeah. guy who's playing solitaire <laughs> yeah, with exactly. half a deck of cards missing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, here's who wrote the answers. Bonkers Gronk, that was the house. Uh, <laughs> as was po- Poisonous Kevin. Uh, Andrea- Andriana in particular wrote Poisonous Kevin. Bonkers Gronk yeah, nice was mine. And uh, <laughs> it was just fun to say, you know. Um, was- Witch's Nipple, that was Charlie. I love uh, the- Witch's Nipple. Yeah, so you didn't fall for it. Though. I didn't My fall for it. Raining. But it was the one that... It was the one that Grabbed your attention, and as soon as it was read out, you repeated it. So there, there's some, there's definitely a connection here, especially mm. because Charlie went for Clammy Palms, which was Cass's. <laughs> ah. You're like, what do you think of Clammy Palms? <laughs> I think I've got them right now. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well, well, that was one that grabbed your attention. Oh, doffed off. And yeah. uh, that means Cass was correct. It's old man's beard. Yeah, fuck. That was the obvious one, but I thought it was too obvious. Damn it. It's a, it's tricky. Uh, what does it look like? Oh, good question. <laughs> Which is nipple, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's sort of, yeah, I guess it's because it's a bit, um, you know, fuzzy. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a wispy. white and fluffy. It looks like a big dandelion. Yeah. But if a dandelion got bigger but was still as soft but as a small one. But old man's beard is like the most generic mm. nickname for something. Like if you're reading a shitty kids book like i say that because i have a four-year-old and i'm reading kids books all the time and they if there was a knockoff <laughs> story about an enchanted forest there would be like and this flower is the old man's beard it's just like <laughs> someone writer has put two seconds into that like come on dig a bit deeper well maybe come up with an original character maybe you've just found out that the writers are actually putting a lot of research in and they're only coming up with actually, they're like, I can't be teaching kids things that aren't true. Sure, there's magic in this story, but every fact about the flora is going to be spot on. Sure, this elephant uh, drives a car and lives in a house, but But when he's making marshmallow root tea, I'm going to show the children that it's a root that grows and has a scent of, like, (laughs) we're going to teach them about the real things in life. Oh, man, the scores have tightened right up. Not for the house who's still on zero points, but... (laughs) On equal first place on three points, it's Cass and Charlie. Oh, Yay. Just Doffing living in each hats. other's hat, heads. <laughs> yeah. Doffing hats, living in heads. This could be like a rivalry that lasts like, you know, decades. Yeah. Just constantly like you'll have a famous victory, <laughs> then I'll have a famous victory. Oh, and then we'll, something we'll happen. Have... Then you'll retire and you'll come back out to take me on one last time. A- Agassi versus then... Sampras sort of. Beautiful. Yeah, totally. We're both going to have like... In the opposite hotels, big galas for our own benefit to raise money and find out they're on the same night. And yeah, my fans hate your fans, (laughs) and we have to like come out and call for like calm in the streets because they're like taking each other on. Absolutely, Matt doesn't know which party to attend. He's standing in the middle with his one D (laughs) chess and zero points. (laughs) And then you come to like visit me in my luxury apartment, and when you walk in, I've just like got my hands behind my back and I'm just staring out the wall, and I say, Cassie. You know I own this city. 
And I'll say, but who owns the workers? And it turns out that I've like unionized the budget. You own like every <laughs> building and I like yeah. do the pay slips for the people. We're like, oh, I guess having power can look different to different people. <laughs> That's right. I didn't even realize you'd tie me up with red tape. <laughs> We're just going to do a quiz. Yeah, you're trying to tie me up with the buildings. I'm like, I'm trying to get my men in there. And you're like, oh, actually, they owe me $5,000. <laughs> I'm excited to see how this rivalry pans out. I reckon <laughs> we'll. Too. I think we'll end up making the economy a bit nicer. Oh yeah, you think yeah. This I think is... we'll use our wealth for good. Wow! But then there eventually has to be a team up. It's like Arnie and, and Sly were rivals. Yeah. For decades, you know, and then they were like, you know what, we need to like cash in while people still think we're relevant. <laughs> so let's do a bunch of movies together. Let's do the Expendables. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see your Expendables take. <laughs> Fencing. <laughs> It's going to be quizzes, fencing. Yeah. A lot of doffing of caps. <laughs> Mostly doffs. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're up to question number four. This one comes from Anna Wang from Bristol. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, so, oh, that wasn't Bristol a clue. Fan? That was like, you're a that's actually her name. <laughs> fan of Bristol? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wang. Um, <laughs> Anna's question is, what is unique about the Kishi train station in Wakayama Prefecture, Japan? What is unique about the Kishi train station in Wakayama Prefecture, Japan? So it's a little train station there. It's like little. I don't know how big it is. It's a train station. And, uh, yeah, there's something about it that makes it stand out. While you're writing your answers, here's a little bit more info about the old man's beard. According to Andrea Honor, the plant is a 15 to 20 foot fine textured vine with clusters of small white flowers. It trails over fences and other shrubs, supporting itself by wrapping around other plants. It is used as a hallucinogen. Uh, the Native American tribe Iroquois used the extract of the stems as a wash to induce strange dreams. They also used an infusion of the roots to treat venereal disease sores. What a great combo. Get, a, get VD. Uh, is the trivia about the station itself? Yeah, something... Could be anything. About the station. Yeah. Um, While you're still writing... I mean, I almost just came up with the most, like, ludicrous concept, but there's, like, no way that Cass would think it was real. And that's all all I'm aiming to do now is trick Cass. (laughs) So I've got to keep it in the realm of possibility. Like saying that it's staffed entirely by cats. Like, you're not going to believe that. (laughs) For Japan, maybe. Because sometimes you can have, you know... You could staff... Staffed by cats. <laughs> like, they might be the only people, like, operate... Because so much is automated. So, you know, you could, like, self-service your stuff and then you might have... I'm saying staffed by cats. The cats work there. But yeah. if, if the only thing they need to do is, like, push a button, like, you know, just do that port... One of those ones with the port... <laughs> you could... You could- employ a cat pretty, like if you had a train station where it's have all- you, I'm sorry have you ever met a cat you can't get a cat to do shit <laughs> no but like maybe that's what they do they're just like wandering around they've all got little like badges on their collars that say they work there ambassador yeah they're like ambassadors oh, right. but like I the see. entire station it's a ceremonial title <laughs> yeah 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 they get paid in the food that they would already have been fed right well, yeah, so maybe you would have fallen for it <laughs> I would have considered <laughs> <laughs> while you're still writing your answer let's go for a quick break When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, we're back and your answers are in. So here's question number four. What is unique about the Kishi train station in Wakayama Prefecture, Japan? D Folly, a 20 year old J pop star, bought it to live in and renamed it D Follywood. <laughs> the platforms are located in the main hall of an aquarium. Since 2000. Oh, it seems like something I've seen on Instagram. I feel like I've seen one of those get a reel. You never know that you get a fed a reel. It's like some amazing place that doesn't look real. Yeah. I reckon I've seen that. Based on all these answers, it's on my list of places to visit. Whichever one of these is real. Um, since 2007, the position of Station Master has been held by a cat. No way. A Super Mario-themed used panty machine is uh, on the platform. <laughs> or, what? Or... <laughs> Sorry, say that last one again. You just rushed past it. What? Sorry. You're going to need to... There's a... It, it's home to a Super Mario-themed used panty machine. <laughs> Or finally, it's Pokemon themed and the station's motto is trains, gotta catch them all. <laughs> is that the, what is that? I, think it's the, I think it's the last one. They're all believable. <laughs> They're absolutely all believable. Okay, uh, can we summation again? Yep, so you got the J pop star bought it to live in, the Hollywood. <laughs> Let's it's good. Say. You've got the uh, the platforms. You can't buy council land. Surely you can't just like if it's a functioning train station. You can't, or is it abandoned? Or it doesn't say. Doesn't say. So okay, I guess so in that scenario, it must have been abandoned. Um, Why since a train station though? Why? What's the appeal? Like a chocolate factory? I get. Mm. Like, but imagine having your I own get. personal train. You know. Driving I, what to? Maybe, the, how far are you going? Maybe, maybe your friends bought the next station along. Oh yeah, I guess so. Oh, that'd be sweet. It's where I you did, hold up in a zombie movie. It's not what you buy if you're a K-pop stand. Star. But it works so well for them in the zombie movie. Yeah, well, doesn't it? I don't know. Oh, maybe they're getting ready. Maybe they're getting ready. Oh, for the, they know something we that's don't. That's true. Think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you got the cat as the station master. Hang on, what? Which uh, I know Charlie's already said is too ridiculous. Did I? Do you miss that one? Oh shit! I missed that one. Oh, maybe yeah, that's what I, I was thinking you didn't, of. I, didn't, I thought you didn't re- react to the, the one that <laughs> well, was I guess. so close to what you right, Well, I, was, I danced around cats. Said. I didn't realize it was as well, simple as the cat could be the station master. That's got to be it, right? When you didn't react, I'm like, oh, maybe that's the one you submitted <laughs> yeah. then. You know but what? That's- I actually took the idea of putting in a cat suggestion to try and throw you. <laughs> Double bluff. Yeah. See, the... The cat is a station master. I've already told you. Very believable yeah. for me. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, then you got Super Mario themed use panty machine or Pokemon themed station. I think it's going to be the cat. Because I think I've seen this story. That's why I think I went straight to cats. I think subconsciously I was seeing cats and not the movie. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Cats? No. <laughs> I haven't no. seen it yet. No. Well, yeah, I say yet, probably... Won't see it, but oh, I, it's worth it. it. Yeah, are you seeing it? Yeah. Did the, you like? A... You, did you hate watch it, or did you go in expecting to cry? <laughs> I just really wanted the story about how that, that that's the plot, right? All the cats try and die. Well, oh. one of them is they have to pick one of them to die so they can join the great beyond or whatever it is. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, oh. they have to pick the, all the cats are like, please Angelical. let me die. Who's the most? Who's the most jellical cat? 
Yeah, to go to yeah. cat heaven, I assume. But it's, I you so. don't. I don't think there's ever a scene where a cat goes to cat heaven, so you don't know if they're just vying to be dead. It's really interesting, um, and I think it's it's so it's really strange how they've done it because they're obviously trying to make the best possible version of how the musical looks in real life. Mm. But then you're watching, so you you can see clearly that they've used mocap suits, but then you're like, they've given you boobs, but no parts like nothing none of the none of the rude bits so it's like you're wearing a fur suit but then you've right. they've given it really really realistic fur it's right. very strange to watch and no witch's nipples no witch's nipples and because all of the cats have like it's a mocap suit i think they've, they've made the decision to all of the cats have human boobs mm. but they're very clearly underneath something like they're not shaped like, like a normal human, human boob because they're clearly underneath a the su- mocap suit or something yeah, so they've got fur over a boob, but the the fur doesn't coat the boob like fur would. Right. I think that for whatever reason, that was the most disturbing part to me. I'm like, that's not how a boob works. Where does how does the skin function on this? Because the the fur is all and over their entire body. They should have six body. of them, right? Like th- yes! if they're cats, there should be six boobs. There should be so many boobs. Yeah, more boobs. That was my review of cats. Yeah, <laughs> not enough, not enough boobs. boobs. I Good actually stuff. that trailer. I found myself so. Attracted to the lead cat lady, the the white cat, that I was like, I can't see this film because I don't want to explore what this feeling is. <laughs> Who was that? Judy Dench or something? Not Judy Dench, the lead girl, the ballerina cat, the one you know, the lead cat, uh, the what? The, lead the, the cat white, from- the white cat from the trailer. From, I'm googling you know. lead cat from cats. You know what I'm talking about? She's the lead girl. She's very cute. Not Taylor Swift. Is Taylor Swift in it? Oh, maybe not. Taylor Swift is in it. Is she? Oh, now I'm going to see it. I'd like to see a Taylor Swift cat. What does that cat look like? Um, it does looks she have exactly like Taylor Swift, ah. and they've and they've obviously given her the weird squished boob things. Um, Rebel Wilson's there. Is it Rebel? It no, is. it's not Rebel. It's whoever. She's an unknown. She's the, uh. the lead girl in Cats. All I just remember she's is, a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I found an article that says why the cat's sexy in cats. Okay. And oh. they've got a photo of her. Written so. by yeah, Charlie. <laughs> uh, it's a link to my website. There so, we yeah. go. Yep. Something was awoken that day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you want to lock in the cat one, Charlie? Is that what you said? I'll, I'll lock in the cat. I'm pretty confident about that. What do you think, Cass? Oh, see, now that you've locked in the cat, I think the cat one must be right. But I should we? Well, I mean, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by picking something else, because the worst that could happen is we we draw level. Is that right, Matt? No, you, uh, you're level now. So. I'm level now. Oh, you've everything yeah. to lose. You got to yeah. choose wisely. But do I want to fight you, or do I want to go for what's it, right? Yeah. See, if you go, yeah, I think you just want to go for what's right. Play your right. own game. Just yeah. play your own game. Don't don't go tagging. Tagging. Uh, sorry, that's not a sexual term. That's in Aussie rules. Um, there are certain players who their job, their their entire purpose is to negate a star player. They're called taggers. So just say you're a really good midfielder who gets mm. lots of the ball. My coach would send me out to follow you around and block you and bump you and put you off your game so you can't get the ball as much. Kind of gone out oh. of fashion a bit in recent Gone out years. of fashion recently, but worth They call them coolers gone. now. Coolers. <laughs> coolers. Do they? Yeah. So, yeah, so my analogy is don't, play the man play the ball like you just play your own natural game and then yeah like a coach will say you're gonna you're gonna be tagging nick dacos this week no we uh we're trusting uh jack Steele to play his own game they can go head to head head head. yeah that sounds exactly like 
We trust cats to play our own game. All right, yeah, I'm going right. to go cats. Okay. You've inspired me with your story about the sexy cat. <laughs> okay. well, she's a really talented dancer. Like, you're probably just... She's very beautiful to watch. Yeah, that's what I thought. But she in the movie, she looks like a, a cat. And I'm like, I no. Oh, barely. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep my species separate for now. <laughs> all right, here's the, right, the answers. Uh, we had the Pokemon train's got to catch them all. That was the house. Again, you're very good at ruling my ones out very quickly, Charlie, <laughs> which I appreciate. Uh, Super Mario-themed used panty machine. That was Charlie. Oh, that was it's a terrible a good one. I, I t- no, it wasn't. I, 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 was had to, I had to ad-lib a connection to the station because that's all it said. <laughs> an object, <laughs> like, which is at the station. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's something unusual about the station is it has yes. a Super Mario-themed use panty machine. Yes. If you said that, it has at the start. That would have helped me a lot because uh, when I got to the end of the sentence, I started sweating, <laughs> which, which is at the station. Oh, I did notice that. <laughs> you did a weird oh, ad-lib at the end. <laughs> I, I assume you'd made up the cat one right and if it hadn't have been that i absolutely would have gone for the super mario <laughs> oh, panty right. machine it yep. did feel believable yep uh the main hall of the aquarium that was cass which, oh that was uh, good yeah i, that, I would I, like I, to catch I, a train through fish. i would love to yeah. go to that station yeah and that's and a, and the good thing about that one is you, you feel like you've seen it like that's why i said it reminded me of a reel when you see like mm. a travel reel where someone's in an amazing like, location i could see like a train passing through an aquarium that's a, if you find that really complete i want to go to a station in a fish tank yeah i would love that does that not exist i'm sure it does somewhere right i hope it, it does it's it really exciting for my future yeah what to look forward to? Well, you could just go on one of those um, submersibles down to the bottom. It's kind of oh, like they, a, apparently they go really well. Yeah, People just do private hires all the time. Just get a yeah, it's basically like a aquarium train. You know, yeah. I think they're pretty good value. No tracks. Um, D Folly uh, was a made-up J-pop star from me. D Folly was so stupid. It's that was so me and great. Anna working together it. for the for the house. I mean, you were both correct. Since two thousand seven, the position yeah. of station master has been held by a cat. Man, as you were doing that long story about cats, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, the game is falling apart. That's excellent. Your first instinct was correct. Yep. Yeah. Bang. That was great. Uh, so that means a point each. Okay. Uh, keeping the Bloody scores hell. level. I doff my hat to you, madame. Oh, I doff my hat to you, sir. Uh, three questions go. <laughs> my man. <laughs> my man. My, my gentleman. My man. <laughs> All right, question number five comes from a guy called Bon Clay from Ohio. Oh, fun. It's a great name That's and a great awesome place. Name. God's country, Ohio. Bon never Clay. been, but I can only imagine just the green fields of Ohio. Um, this question, I don't know why. Isn't, I just is, had this is feeling. It's West Ohio, right? Yeah. Is it, think... it going to be green in Ohio oh, or is it going to be dry? It, maybe it's dry, but I just picture it being, you know, people galloping through the the hills i think it's mountains because my mate of mine's from ohio and he says there's a light there's two lakes and a mountain which forms oh high oh oh no kidding yeah that's i mean that's what that's what i want to see i'm going to america in a couple weeks and i i want to go see some of those lakes with the mounds behind it that's just like sick that's and if there's a moose walking past That's what I... I just want to have one of those moments where... Yeah, they're Northern Exposure uh, moments. <laughs> yeah, basically, I want to go visit the set of Northern Exposure. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, Charlie, I, I thought you'd be very good at this next question. That's why I included uh, it this week. Okay. But potentially, I, are either of you... I'm, I forget that 
um, other people play video games. So things that seem obscure to me might not be to you. But if you happen to know the answer to this, just play it cool <laughs> until after the answer is revealed. The question is, question number five. This is from Bon Clay. What is the name of the Australian Marine from the Halo series video game? No. So there's an Aussie character in that. Yeah, yeah. I'm First aware, name, last name. name. Great. So you just got to come up with a... I didn't know there were characters in Halo. I thought you played essentially as the gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just an, an Aussie name. Who? Uh, what is the name of the Australian okay, look, I Marine? I don't play video games, so I'm going to need some, you know, I'm also Generation X. I'm an old man. <laughs> help, an old, help an old fella out. I don't. I don't know about this game. I know uh, it's like one of the biggest Cassie, of all time. Can I but ask you? It is like an army. So you just need to basically come up with a. But is is there like because it's going to influence my answer? Is the tone of the game like po faced and serious, where people would have because there's a master chief, right? But that's a that's a that's a military position in. Yeah, is Halo. that a rag? I th- it, I would say that it is. It's it's probably as po faced I mean, as like the s- army is, where you get pretty ridiculous nicknames. You know. Oh, so it's, oh, a ni- it's just a oh, nickname? It's not, it's not ah, a nickname. Okay, we no, got no, it. It's, okay. no, it's, it's, it's not a, a nickname, nickname, but it is, it's a unique name, I'd say that. Okay, first, but is it like Star Wars name. with Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, like made up kind of almost normal but not? Uh, or is it a real name, like I John, mean, you, Peter, you, Mark, you, Stephen? Yeah, maybe, yeah, an alternative question would be what's an Australian Star Wars character's name? You could almost. Okay. Oh, okay no, that's a good clue. Yeah, sort of, but not really, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Bruce McShootin' Kill Laser. Yeah. <laughs> Stop burning the gold, Charlie. <laughs> While you're writing your answers, here's some more info about Kishi, the Kishi train station cats. According to the BBC, this story began in the late 90s with a young calico cat named Tama. The kitten lived near Kishi station and wound, uh, would frequently hang out by the railway, soaking up affection from commuters. Over the years, Tama's sweet nature and photogenic features made her a popular... Uh, feature for the commuters and adoring onlookers affectionately began referring to her as Kishi's station master. By the mid 2000s, a combination of low ridership and financial problems threatened to close down the rural ra- uh, rural ra- rural rail line, <laughs> and the line's 14 stations were finally unstaffed in 2006. But fortunately, it wasn't the end for the railway or the beloved feline's role in it. In 2006, the current president of the Wakayama Electric Railway, uh, Mitsunobu Kojima, was asked by residents to revive the Kishigawa line after the previous owner had announced it would be abolished, said Kako Yamaki, an executive for the company that owns the railway. Yamaki explained, Our president has always been a dog person, but when he met Tama, that was it. He fell for her. (laughs) In a, uh, it fell for in a big way as well. Soon after adopting Tama, Kojima ordered a customized station master's hat for his little cat. And in January 2007, he officially named Tama the station master of Kishi Station, the first feline station master in Japan. That is so sweet. It was very sweet. Very cute photos of it in its, in its uniform. Uh, according to Anna, the question writer, one of her succession uh, candidates... Santama was sent to Okayama Station for training, but the Okayama PR rep refused to give it back, saying, quote, I will not let go of this child. She will stay in Okayama. It's pretty full on. But I wish someone would say that about me. <laughs> I will not let go of this child. She will stay in Brunswick. <laughs> uh-huh. I will not let go of this child, Cass. <laughs> 
Oh, Charlie for the first time, I think, Scott. Oh, no. Cass is just in as well. I thought. I thought. Uh, what? You got your answer in first for the first time, I think, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Is this like well, a bit I had of to get a power a glass play? Of water, so I thought I'd send it quick so I could run just out bang while one you were in. doing the explanation to, about the cat. Um, well, you missed a great tale. All right. I'll listen to the pod. I'll catch up with it later. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's question number five. What is the name of the Australian Marine from the Halo series? Dustin Blaster. Chips Dubbo. <laughs> Barry Bullknuckle Barnes. Bruce Cobberton. Or Chloe Cloaca. Cobberton. <laughs> oh, Chloe Cloaca. It's not Chloe Cloaca. <laughs> that is... If that's the house, <laughs> again, once again. Uh, Charlie, your misogyny is showing. Women can be Marines too. <laughs> yeah, I get that they can be Marines. They're just not going to be have the name Cloaca. That's so... I oh, think your that's problem, a f- sorry, your problem was with her surname, not the fact that she was a woman. Was okay. female, sorry. correct, yes. <laughs> I'm an ally. <laughs> of people whose names are not Cloaca. <laughs> Chloe Cloaca. But you could call Chloe her Clo Clo for short. Clo Clo. Clack clack, clack clack. Um, okay, so the first one was like, well, there's some Dustin crackers Blaster. in there. So I like the Dubbo one. Was it Frankie Dubbo? No. Chips Dubbo. Oh. I mean, that's pretty good. That sounds like a 1970s, like Jack Thompson, Chips Dubbo. Yeah. yeah. The man from Snowy River 3. What was the Cobberton one? Uh, Bruce Cobberton. Mm-hmm. What else is in there? That's Barry that's Bullknuckle s- Barnes. <laughs> Chloe Cloaca. Bullknuckle Barnes. He did hint that there was a nickname, didn't he? Well, no, I wasn't not giving anything away. Yeah. Hmm. So he might have, um, he might have bloody tripped up there. Barry Bullknuckle. I think Barry Bullknuckle, and what's the other? There was another Barry, was there? Or a, uh, Bruce, Bruce Cobberton. Bruce Cobberton, Barry Bullknuckle. Or, it's interesting. Um, they're all C's, and D's, and B's. Everyone's, when they, everyone Australia, thinks mate, Australian Marines. You can't in the first four letters, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Why bother going through the rest of the alphabet, mate? Yeah, got to keep your mouth closed. Got what we need up here. Bloody (laughs) blowflies. So bloody hot, mate. So Um, Chips, Dustin, Dubs, Dubs, Dubbo? uh, Chips, Dubbo. Chips, Dubbo, Dustin Blaster, Barry Bullknuckle Barnes, Bruce Cobberton, Chloe Cloaca. Could also be porn star names. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Porn star Star Wars, video game Marines. Porn Star Wars. (laughs) Porn Star Wars, oh my God. Um, well, I'm thinking it's bull knuckle. It's either bull knuckle or it's Bruce. And what's chips. a bull knuckle? What is a bull knuckle? That's a, a cut of meat, is it? I think so. I don't know. Just I remember when I, was in, um, when I was in Oktoberfest years ago, uh, there were two options for food. Uh, it was either half a chicken <laughs> or pork knuckle. Uh, <laughs> that's good. The I- other two main food groups there. I love going somewhere and the options are so limited. It feels like someone is telling you this, like, this is what you need. Yeah. One of these, either of these, sort you right out. I think, yeah, I prefer it. Half a chicken or a pork knuckle? I'd be like, oh, I've been eating food wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll take the the knuckle. I'll go knuckle. I haven't had a knuckle in a while. (laughs) I've I've been low in knuckles, actually. Sorry. So you're locking in knuckle, Charlie? I don't think I've ever had a knuckle. I'm just trying to think of where it is on the hoof because- where where do they? I mean, a knuckle is a joint, right? So yeah, is it the joint that connects the the hoof to the the leg, or is it higher than that? Must be higher because there's a little thumb thing, right? A little toe thing that they have back there, the yeah. the dew claw. According to uh, recipe ten eats dot com, uh, 
pork knuckles are not pig trotters. Oh. Despite the name, it's the meaty upper part of the pig's leg. Oh, okay. Oh, well, is it? Good. Does it still have the joint? Uh, I, yeah, it's funny. I remember them differently. But, they, you know, they were the kind of, there was a cut that, and I remember them having, the, you know, the little bits of string tied yep. around it. Oh, and there okay. was like, maybe a bone like a, through the middle. Right, okay. No, I've never had one. I've, I've had um, sheep's brains or lamb's brains. Oh, I had Something. that recently. Lamb's fryer? Is that Lovely. what that's called? No, that's the, no, crumbed, that's the liver. Right? I found that it, I didn't like the texture. Right. Mm. But I, I I mean, admittedly, I was like 19 on a date with a girl that I was trying to impress. So I ordered the fanciest <laughs> What's thing. What's the most exotic thing on the yeah. menu? Lamb's, oh, crumbed brain. lamb's brains. And then I was like, whoa. <laughs> There's nothing more Gross. impressive than <laughs> gagging on your dinner on a first date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I th- I would have thought you were really brave, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a freak. It could have gone either way. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a fairly intense move on a first date. I'm going to eat an animal's brain in front of you. <laughs> like, what is that? What does that bode for the relationship? <laughs> I consume intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, either of you feel like you want to lock someone in? Can I have them again? Oh. I'm getting them so confused with each other. Chips Rafferty. Chips uh, Tubbo. <laughs> Chips Tubbo. Bruce Reed. <laughs> Dustin Blaster. Dustin Blaster. Bruce Cobberton. Bruce Cobberton. Barry Bullknuckle, Barnes, or Chloe Cloaca. I want to go Cobberton. That was the one that jumped out to me first. Bruce I'm gonna do chip okay. I'm gonna do chips dubbo. Chips dubbo for Charlie. All right, here's who wrote the answers. Chloe Cloaca was the house. No. Of course, you're kidding me. No way. Who would have ever picked that? That's shocked. <laughs> Matt. What a great opportunity to have a go at uh how uh <sighs> I love how that was clearly your choice and then you tried to accuse me of being a misogynist. (laughs) Like, knowing full well that it was your dumb choice, you tried to paint me in some terrible light. Oh, here we go. Charlie's (laughs) coming in here. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing at the mere idea of a woman in the army. (laughs) That's not what I said, Matt. That's exactly what you said. No, it's not. What is this? <laughs> Chloe Cloaca. I have no issue with the Cloaca part, but Chloe, a woman, really? In a video game, no less? And I bet she's using a gun. <laughs> uh, Dustin Blaster, that was Cass. It was. I didn't even realize until you, you said it that it sounds like Dust Blaster. <laughs> I didn't do a good job on that one. Dust Blaster. Barry Dust Blaster. Bullknuckle Barnes, that was Charlie. And I enjoyed <gasps> the work Charlie did. That was good. I would have been truck. You did not fall for my gambit. <laughs> Once again, I doffed my cap to you. <laughs> oh, I doffed right back. <laughs> Bruce Cobberton. Cass went for that. That was the house. House is on the board. Hey. That was well good done. Meaning Chips Dubbo is correct. Oh, my God. Oh, it's shit. so good. I love it a lot. Chips Dubbo. It's Why great. Come I up actually, with that is the best game. of the, the lot of them. No, no, it's yeah. Cass. No. Chips Dubbo, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, that's a fucking good. That's, that's why so I said it's like, good. should be a 70s Australian movie yeah. star. Yeah. Hairy chested, a bit tubby. You oh, know, still a yeah. sex symbol. Big Mo. Yeah. 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 Like the 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 bit of tub where like all the skin's real taut yeah. and it, it glistens in the oil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where's yeah. Medallion? Yes. You see him medallion. down at Coolangatta, <laughs> jogging on the beach, budgie smuggers on Coolangatta, <laughs> shade, cigarette, beer in one hand. Yes. Chips Dubbo. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us up Who to question. Who voices number- Chips Dubbo? Is it a famous Australian oh, actor? Good question. Let me see. Because sometimes I'll get like a Josh Lawson or someone like that to do these. Is the guy who played the other gravedigger? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> He's like one of the most highly paid voiceover <laughs> artists. Or because I fucking refuse to give him a line. <laughs> 
He's like, I'm going to make my voice heard by millions. Millions. Oh, well, you know what? It's good. I'm his origin story. <laughs> Have you ever worked with Andrew McCage? No. Uh, let's see. That's because that's the actor. Was in the right. Sullivans, Cop Shop, Sons and Daughters. How the, f- how the he was his is generation's he? Charlie Clawson. <laughs> no, he was yeah. born in '59. Oh, gee. So Chips Dubbo is an old character. Oh, he was. He was in a couple episodes of Blue Healers. Oh, Imagine if he was the other grave digger. <laughs> <laughs> Man from Snowy Ro- uh, River, Neighbours. Oh, he made it to All Saints for 52 eps. Jesus Christ. That's so you, What's his Halifax name? FP, The Secret Life of Us. A lot of those were just were short stints, but the longest one was okay. 52 eps. What is his name? Oh, no, Andrew sorry, McCage. Skyways. Andrew McCage with a K. Did 87 episodes of Skyways. How did he land this fucking plum job voice? I mean, I've never done a Halo. I'd like to do Halo. <laughs> Is it so M C K A G E? M C K A I G E. I've never seen this guy in my life. He kind of looks like you're McGregor's older brother. Don't you? Yeah. Are you, are you, oh, he does. I, f- I found him as well. I reckon yeah. he looks familiar to me. I'm sure I've seen him on. I reckon I was watching Neighbours when he was on there. Fuck, he's done heaps. Good on him. Good on him. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> so you think of Once Australian again, I doff my hat to you. We're doffing. We're doffing. Oh, it's nice to see someone doing well. Nice work. If you can get it, would love the work myself. But oh, good on him. Yeah, fucking hell, man. I had to, how do you get a voiceover job like this? Is well, if anyone's nice? listening, get in touch. Yeah. I mean, I hope someone's I listening. Is anyone listening in the specific yeah. uh, If you're If you're field. a voice scout who only listens to podcasts all day just to hear the perfect voices, unobstructed by the yeah. look of a face. All right, let's if you're looking for a quick, Chloe Cloaca. Let me, <laughs> let me find, I'll find a line of um, Or a Barry Blackle Barnes. I'll find a line and we'll each do our, our quick uh, okay. line read for any uh, casting agents listening. Okay. So here's on the fandom page, this is the, the quote they've got. Whoa, whoa, it's like a postcard. Dear Sarge, kicking ass in outer space. Wish you were here. Okay. Whoa, it's like a postcard. Kicking ass, kicking in, ass in outer space. space. Sarge, wish you were here. Yeah. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first because yeah. I can read. <laughs> uh, whoa, it's like a postcard. Dear Sarge, kicking ass in outer space. Wish you were here. Oh, that's nice. That's pretty good. Um, okay. Gonna, uh, are you going to go? Yeah, yeah go. okay. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, it's like a postcard. Dear Sarge, kicking ass in outer space. Wish you were here. Good. I no, played mine to... more girl. <laughs> more Chloe Cloaca. <laughs> yeah, I'm more yeah. Cloaca myself. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so <clears throat> I'm going to maybe go a bit of uh, maybe rusty and gladiator. <clears throat> all right. Whoa. It's like a postcard. Dear Sarge, having fun in outer space with the line. Kicking ass. Uh, uh, well, it's like a postcard. Dear Sarge, kicking ass in outer space. Wish you were here. That's okay. Chills. On my yeah, signal, right. unleash hell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you got the part. God damn. <laughs> you were the only one off book as well. No, well, that's why I made up lines. <laughs> having fun in outer space. <laughs> having fun. You took it in a different direction. He's <laughs> having Sarge. fun in outer space. Having fun yeah. in outer space. We LOL. wish you were here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Kisses. <laughs> All right, here's question number six. Second last question comes from Anita Matthews from Montana in the USA. Big Sky country, I believe. And 
Anita's question is a, a hugag. I probably should have looked up how to pronounce this. <laughs> a hugag or a hugag? H U G A G is a fearsome creature or fearsome critter in American folklore. Describe one. You've got to describe. It's like a a mystical okay. creature. It's a, yeah, a, crypt, a cryptid. A cryptid. Did exactly. you say critter? Uh, he said th- creature and critter. I picked that up too. Mm. But I think that's only because I think there is a subgenre of um, cryptids in America called fearsome critters. I think, but I, which I a term I hadn't heard before. Yeah, it's it's a fearsome critter, but that just is this weird sub American subgenre of cryptids. What does okay. it? Because it came from a book called Fearsome Critters, written in the early 1900s. Okay. Is there like? There's no clue in that one. Okay, so it's. A fearsome critter could be a Sasquatch or a Loch Ness. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. cool, cool. Uh, is that diff- okay? Right, well, right. so it could be any. It could be any like myth- mythical animal. So yeah. Any size. Yeah. So just give us like a, a sentence or two, either okay, what it looks okay. like and well, the thing what about it does these, or both. I, I I don't know if you know this. Is when's this episode coming out, Matt? Uh, Monday week. Okay, so I have uh, just started a new mini series over at tofop.com uh, every Friday uh, with uh, uh, um, Ben McClay from the Bunta Vista podcast, where the month of October we're doing a spooky podcast called The Unexplained Explained, where every week we pick a new bit of um, paranormal phenomena and, and, and delve yeah. into it with an, with an Aussie theme. Oh. So I've actually been doing uh, quite a bit of work on cryptids in the last few weeks. So you have come to me at a very <laughs> opportune time. So what? Yeah, what um, are the, the big Aussie ones? The bunyip, uh, the yowie, which is our yowie. version of the bigfoot. But Ben was telling me about um, there is a cryptid, which is essentially it's it's just it's just legs with eyes. People have like taken oh, photos with their like awesome. trail cams and stuff, where it's just like it's two like imagine like chopsticks that are joined at the top. It's just two like humanoid legs. That's awesome. And then there's eyes over the groin. <laughs> so. Um, I'm thinking that the hugag is going to be something quite fucking weird. <laughs> like, because I know, yeah, mine goes, oh, like it's a Bigfoot or it's a, you know, like a something with wings or whatever. But I think hugag, you've got to go fucking weird. Like, you know, it's a chicken with the head of a another chicken. <laughs> A slightly so it's one different chicken breed head, of chicken. And then on top of that, oh, double-headed chicken, chicken. Oh. Double, but not <laughs> side by side heads, head on yeah. head. That'd be pretty useful because you could like sort of like an inbuilt um, periscope. You go, what, what can you see from up there, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess you'd already know. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we guessing? A, cr- a critter Hug, from Hugag, critter from where? Uh, from uh, America, Montana. Oh, the question comes from Montana, but the cryptid doesn't necessarily. Oh, okay. So it's not like a wooded area or a desert area because I think that might help with. No, it's just, it's it from American folklore. So. Hugag. And I, I can't believe you burnt that uh, chopsticks with us. Oh, really? <laughs> you could have you could have just written that down word for word and I think. No, because it's hard to write that down. Yes. I mean, it took me two sentences to explain. If I said it's a leg with eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a set yeah. of legs with eyes. Yeah, I think, yeah, possibly Cass would have uh, put a line through that pretty quick. Okay. All right. Here we go. Cass, have you written yours yet? No, I have not. Okay. So, score check Mm -hmm. after five rounds. The house is on the board, one point. That's so exciting. Cass on four points, but out in front now on five points, it's Charlie Corson. (sighs) Yes. Killing it, smashing it. 
concerned for its well-being. Yeah, now the table's turned and Charlie's going to start being like, hey, but your answer was great, Cass. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real prize is the ability to look down. Hey, you're doing a great job. It's fine. The last, we did a question like this a while ago. And one of my fake ones was like a. It was almost the opposite of that. It was a head with just feet and hands coming out of it, like no legs, no limbs. It was just head. Ooh. I guess like a, you know, like Humpty Dumpty. I guess just a head. Yeah, mm. Humpty Dumpty with has legs limbs. and arms. Oh, okay. You're Forget. thinking of no torso. There is a um. Right. My daughter's obsessed That's a good with point. Hum- my daughter's obsessed with Humpty. She's four. She's obsessed with Humpty Dumpty. Like we've had such long conversations about who is Humpty Dumpty? Why was he on the wall? Why did he fall? Why did they put him up together? Like all this kind of stuff. And we went to this mini golf place up near where I live. And in one of the mini golf like fairways is a Humpty Dumpty wall with a Humpty Dumpty on the wall. Oh, yeah. But it's painted with the sexiest gams you've ever seen. <laughs> like it's oh Humpty my Dumpty, God. but the most shapely legs. Like, and it's but it's androgynous. It's a bit. I was having. I had a bit of a cat's moment. <laughs> I was looking at this sexy Humpty Dumpty, going, I don't know if it's. I don't even know if that's a if it has a gender that Humpty Dumpty, but it's gams. <laughs> Breathtaking. Okay. The pins on that egg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm poached. Yeah. You've scrambled my heart, Humpty. <laughs> I'd like to have them my way, please. <laughs> I'll have you over easy. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Because I'm sure I read someone, there was something going around online where people were like, hang on, it never says Humpty Dumpty is an egg in that thing. No, that's true. Yeah, well, I think it would be pretty upsetting for kids to learn that a man had fallen off the wall to the point where parts of him came off. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. They that's couldn't put point. him back together. So was it originally about just a, a guy? Uh, um, you know, if you listen to Tofop episode 348, <laughs> we do an entire episode. I'm going to just keep promoting my podcast. Is it literally uh, 348? Entire, I can't remember. I'll look it up for that you. That would be ridiculous. Please do. I'll give the exact number. But, um, yeah, we did a whole episode on Humpty Dumpty last year based on that story I just told you. So if you do listen to the episode, just skip past the part where I talk about taking my daughter to play mini golf. <laughs> you've already heard it. All right. The answers are in for question number six. A hugag or a hoogag is a fearsome creature in American folklore. Describe one. A humanoid candle. If it appears at the end of your bed at night and lights its own wick, <laughs> You won't live to see the morning. (laughs) A slug-like creature that lurks in the swamps of Louisiana and feeds on rodents and small pets. Ooh. Yuck. An animal that looks similar to a moose, only with jointless legs and long dangling lips. As they have no leg (laughs) joints, they can't lie down, meaning for rest they have to brace themselves against a tree. <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. Hang on. It's got no limbs. No, it's got what? no uh, joints. leg joints. Oh, so it's stiff. So it's yeah, just long, stiff legs. Yep. So it can't okay. bend down. So to rest, it just has to lean up against a tree. Uh, you got okay. a five foot long caterpillar like creature that is often sighted standing upright on its back four legs. Or a deep sea fish that washes up on land on the coast of Florida each autumn and goes around eating from veggie patches with its teeth that are similar to those of a human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. I want to vote for that one. Human uh, teeth. The human teeth. That's what just makes it so unnerving. Human it's teeth like and the veggie hedgehog. patch. 
and that that's a very believable cryptid to have because it'd be people yeah. being like yeah i came out and people there was like bites out of my veggies but it was at fish height yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there must fish be an explanation height. for this <laughs> do you think maybe you got drunk and just went to the veggie garden at yourself no 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 it was <laughs> definitely a, no, a fish I, with human you'll teeth. notice i'm not as tall as a fish i'm much <laughs> yeah. bigger you've still got spinach in your teeth no well that's a coincidence <laughs> I've been framed by that goddamn hugging. <laughs> so you got uh, the, the humanoid candle, slug-like creature in the swamp, uh, the moose with stiff legs. I love that moose with stiff legs. Five it's like a Gary caterpillar. Larson cartoon. Yeah. Or the uh, fish with human teeth. Fuck, man, this is a good one. This is hard to pick. Because mm. it's such a, it's... as you've probably been finding out, it's such a bizarre world anyway, the world of cryptids. Yeah. Yes, well. Legs with eyes. Um, the wick one is hilarious, but I just, it doesn't really fit into what I think would be a cryptid, right? Right, yeah. Mm. Because it's not an animal. It sounds like humanoid, almost like a, a spirit or a specter or a spook. Mm. I'm definitely imagining the, the guy from... F- Fantastic Four. No, Beauty and no. the Beast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, Lumiere. Yeah, Lumiere. 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 Is that cryptid Magus? French special? <laughs> yes. Um, we, we, well, one of them's uh, from Louisiana, which has a French connection. I'm a slug. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> um, make me some Creole. <laughs> this is not La Seine. <laughs> what does the slug do? Uh, it uh, lurks in the swamps of Louisiana, eating rodents and small pets. And I imagine, I imagine locals will be like, this thing's great. It's eating rodents. But then uh, the cost is it will also eat our pets. Yeah. It's a bit of a... Take with one and give with the other or whatever. Pros and cons. You know that one sounds like it could be credible just because you think of like leeches. Like, like there must be creatures we don't know about in those swampy, yeah. swampy. And I feel like in in the ocean as well, we're always getting confused about what we're looking at. As I think yeah. swamp is murkier. Mm. Yeah. And then the fish with teeth. <laughs> human teeth i just love it because i, I mean how's it happening how's it getting from the ocean to the veggie garden <laughs> the deep sea like, as it, well is it a mexican walking right fish with human yeah teeth? that's a good point doesn't say <laughs> is it just flopping its way along like it just seems like like it's it's got so many inco- incongruities this one like it doesn't make any sense why the fish has human teeth and how the ocean relates to vegetable gardens but, like I mean, we ca- we came out of the ocean at one point yeah, over millions of years. Yeah, <laughs> so and it wasn't this, like and we just crawled out, ate a carrot, and went back in the water. Yeah, but I think it's like meal prep. Like instead, like <laughs> we came out of the ocean and we just stayed there. But this fish is like, I'll just do it once a year. I don't want to commit. I'll just, I'll do it a bit. I'll maintenance vegetable it eating. Doesn't seem. And they've worth already, it they've evolved to human teeth for the vegetables. They got to use them. I want to vote for it just because I love it. Like I want to. I don't. I want to hear more about the. F- who eats seasonal vegetables once a year. Like, it doesn't seem worth it in an ocean filled with, like, organic matter that you could feed on. Like, coming onto land and eating a cow makes sense or something. Like, you know, but eating what is a, readily available in the ocean, like seaweed. You can't get a carrot under the water. No, you can't get a carrot, but you can get veggies. Yeah, but you can get just, meat as well. Sea cucumbers. I think this is your suggestion, Cassie, <laughs> because you're defending it. hard for it. And you no, seem to be a bit annoyed. It heaps of sense if you think about it, like if you actually think about it. It's the smartest one in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I was like on the theme of when. The way they came up with this is probably really hot as well. Like <laughs> yeah. smart and hot. That's what all I'm saying. And about she or he or they. <laughs> so, yeah, really good at um, probably cooking. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, who wants to go first? Yeah. I was going to go for the slug. I'm pro wet on this one. Okay. Locking in the slug. The Louisiana slug. I'm going to go in. He's flown under, or they have flown under the radar, but the caterpillar who stands on their hind legs. Okay. Because you know how Cassie nailed the old man's beard? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's too simple. I think this is the old man's beard. Love it. It's too All simple. Right. I like, uh, yeah, I like these options. Uh, I like the idea of a, the hugugs. I think if slug's right, then it's hugug. You know, I was hug saying who gag. Yeah, I think hugug the slug. Oh, that's the noise it makes. <laughs> 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 All right, here's who wrote the answers. The humanoid candle, uh, that was the house. Jeez, you're good at ruling out the ones I write, Charlie, I'll tell you. <laughs> I know you work better than you know yourself. Uh, a deep sea fish with human teeth. That was Anita, aka the house. Really good uh, stuff. We sort of I combined there a bit. Uh, she gave the, the fish human teeth. I gave I it, it. I gave it's it the uh, veggie patches story. It's <laughs> it's such a bizarre detail. It's like when you know when you, you watch a manga or something, and they just it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like it's just a minor detail that'll adjust that you're like, love oh. it. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd love to uh, co-write another another creature with you someday, Anita. That was yeah, that was some really of good. my. You really brought out the best in me. <laughs> that was beautiful. I want to I want to share a smile with a fish. Yeah. I don't, but <laughs> I like this. In the, if that's actually happening, I think that might be like Charlie's uh, fear of lots of circles, which I have a mild version of. The worst thing I ever yeah. said, I think it might be uh, similar to that, Charlie. So I don't know if I want to say it because yeah. you probably won't like hearing about it. Maybe I won't. Well, tell me. It's all right. I'm not going to. I once saw that. a picture, and it, you know, when you're scrolling, like, I don't want to see that, mm. but as someone had a. It, it was in their mouth, but the. the DNA or whatever made their teeth come out so that their oh. whole top of their mouth had teeth. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. So my, my father was a dentist. So growing up, we had a book of, I can't remember what it was called, but it was medical deformities, dental deformities. And it was just a catalog of all these insane deformities over the centuries that have been documented. So I, I've probably seen that one. Yeah. Oh, I, my, my father built dentistry offices. So he had a, a subscription to all of the newest dental magazines that talked about the machinery and the procedures they were doing. So I've seen yeah. a lot of high color, so not historical ones, but oh, high yeah. color photographs of all the new technology and teeth procedures done step by step. So I've also oh. seen a lot of really <laughs> weird teeth growing up. Yeah. This is making sense. That's why, we, have, why we share a connection. So, yeah, it's been so We've, close. Yeah, if you see enough of We're not weird so teeth, different, you and I, Cassie. We're not so different. Uh, uh, Doffing my hat, <laughs> doffin my yeah. hat, exposing a weird tooth. You get it. Yeah. You're Lex Luthor to my Superman or vice versa. <laughs> and that's possibly why Cass went for the slug-like creature, which Charlie wrote. Oh, so good. And Charlie went for <gasps> the five-foot caterpillar, which Cass wrote. <laughs> oh, you wrote that. Yeah. High five. High five. <laughs> you tag teamed each. So the real one is maybe it's up In there with wrestling, the weirdest one. That's the equivalent of two wrestlers. like cl- They bounce off the ropes and they clothesline each other at the same yeah. time. <laughs> and then the rest like counting to 10 and it's the first person to stand up. <laughs> Uh, so that means the real one is the moose with jointless long legs and dangling lips. <laughs> <laughs> dangling lips? Yeah. I forgot about that one. 
It's a it's a real cursed animal. So I can't I can't graze uh. like a normal moose because if it does, it will stand on its lip. Oh my! That's really. How does it live? I don't know. Well, I guess it doesn't really. How but does it well, produce? It washes up in the ocean once a year. <laughs> and it crawls into a vegetable garden. <laughs> All right, that's a point each. So going in the final round, the scores are. House on one point, Cass on five points, but out in front on six points, it's Charlie Clawson. Oh, so good. So can Cass win or only draw level? Yeah, well, no, the final round is actually worth triple points, Charlie. Holy shit. And this week I'm so changing... you could win. I'm changing, yeah. Well, I'm changing that rule this week because I did, I did come back and win from a similar scenario a few weeks ago. So I'm making it... The house can only still get normal points, <laughs> but guests can okay. get triple points. Well, what if you have okay. a really good answer, Matt? You well, be I, rewarded I, I don't know. I'd, 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 I don't think I'd feel comfortable uh, <laughs> jumping I mean, over the top of here. Six, six duds and then one good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good that doesn't game. feel like that would be okay. But so the final question here uh, comes from Lars van Kerverden from Utrecht in the Netherlands. Your listeners have the best names. So yeah. good. Yes. It's, I don't know what it is, but nearly every listener has a sick name. And yeah, Lars von Kerverden. And I was a, a little bit nervous as you're an actor, you're in the business, you're reading a lot of scripts. Uh, mm. I was nervous about picking a film that you might not have heard of. So I hope your knowledge of Dutch cinema isn't too good. It's terrible. Okay, fantastic. So final <laughs> question this week, and this will be your longest answer, Charlie. Yeah. Normally like three, four sentences long. It's a little uh, plot synopsis. Okay. And the question is, what is the synopsis of the 2013 film Borgman? It's a Dutch film. Dutch film. Borgman. 2013? 2013. Uh, so before we get into that, I should let people know that if they want to find out all about the history of Humpty Dumpty, uh, Tofop episode 380 titled Hard Boiled. Um, <laughs> you weren't far off there. You, you said can, 348. You can see the artwork there. Oh, oh my God. So it's, a, it's a, um, no, you can't really the Fosdark original. It's a film noir-ish Humpty Dumpty. If he's a film noir character, you get because you get individual artwork. I mentioned your your host Two Guys One Cup, which is an AFL podcast. But you, yeah, it's behind me. Your That's main podcast Foz's. is uh, yeah. Thirty Odd Foot of Pod. Tofop. Tofop. It was Thirty Odd Foot of Pod, but we've been around. We're dinosaurs. We started podcasting for anyone else and we thought we had to put the word podcasting in the name of our show <laughs> yeah, yeah. people wouldn't know what it was and so we changed it from 30 foot of pod to just toe fop we're just we're just toe toe fop. Fop. Yeah. and uh yeah and you do faux pop faux fop as no well? we don't no you <laughs> it's don't so confusing. oh my god this year we've been through a giant rebrand everything is now sort of under the toe fop banner apart from two guys one cup is a footy pod and will does philosophy but every other show is just toe fop so it's either will and i or will or i Talking to people. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. I wrote. Yeah. I was on it. A. I don't know. Maybe a couple of years ago. On it, we talked about Limp Bizkit a lot from memory. Yeah. You've done. You did what? What? So Tofop. Fofop is now Tofop with friends. We just call it or Tofop Plus. Love uh, it. So that's what you're on. So if people want to go to Tofop.com, they can find. Uh, you've done a couple episodes of Two Guys One Cup, and you've done one episode, I believe, or maybe two episodes of Tofop yeah. and Friends. So good. So it was so funny. You brought up Limp Biscuit, and I'd just been uh, watching a lot of <laughs> Limp Biscuit clips for some reason. Yeah. And then we just started talking. Yeah, it was a pretty deep dive on Limp Biscuit. It's just one dun, of those days. <laughs> uh, so while you're writing about Borgman, oh, I yeah. want to tell the listeners more about the Hugag. All right, according to cryptids.fandom, the Hugag is a fearsome critter recounted by the lumberjacks of North America during the 19th and early early 20th century. 
Said to be a huge animal of the lake states, its range includes western Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, and a territory extending indefinitely northward uh, in the Canadian wilds towards Hudson Bay. The hoogag was first illustrated by the bestiary Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods by William T. Cox in 1910. Seems like there I hadn't heard of this, but there's like he, he wrote a big book of um, basically American uh, cryptids, but they called them Fearsome Creatures or Fearsome Critters. Uh, to quote Cox's description, in size, the hoogag may be compared to the moose. And in four, so far I was talking about wanting to see a moose before. Oh, yeah. I didn't even connect it. Uh, it's amazing how my brain works. Um, I'd love to see a hoogag as well, if possible. Uh, very noticeable, however, are its jointless legs, which compel the animal to remain on its feet, and its a long upper lip, which prevents it from grazing. Cursed. Uh, if it tried that method of feeding, it would simply tramp its upper lip into the dirt. Its head and neck are leathery and hairless. Its strangely corrugated ears flop downward. Its four-toed feet, long bushy tail, shaggy coat, and general makeup give the beast an unmistakably prehistoric appearance. The hoogag has a perfect mania for travelling, and few hunters who have taken up its trail ever came up with the beast or back to camp. Ever came up with the beast or got back to camp, I guess. It is reported to keep going all day long, browsing on twigs, flopping its lip around trees, and stripping bark as occasion offers. And at night, since it cannot lie down, it leans against a tree, bracing its hind legs and marking time with its front ones. Uh, his uh, goes on to talk about sightings. The most successful hoogag hunters have adopted the practice of notching trees so that they are almost ready to fall. And when the hoogag leans up against one, both the tree and the animal come down. In its helpless condition, it is then easily dispatched. The last one killed, so far as known, was in Turtle River, northern Minnesota, where a young one weighing 1,800 pounds was found stuck in the mud. It was knocked in the head by Mike Flynn of Cass Lake. Uh, so, you know, that obviously almost definitely didn't happen. <laughs> But, this uh, is this is taking me for ages. I've written like four sentences and I haven't even started on the plot. <laughs> I'm going into like a deep backstory. On How my many sentences character. should we write? Oh, I yeah. think I think uh, yeah, probably four, five, six, okay. three, four, five. So six. it's just the plot. It's just a brief. Just summation a brief of plot. Yeah, and maybe yeah, some you could either uh, usually you know you don't have to um, do the climax okay. of the film necessarily or whatever. Yeah, uh, I like to sometimes finish mine with a question like. <laughs> you know, it's something like, will he find the solution, or will he just see that the journey yeah. was worth? Yeah, you know, the uh, things made along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also love including ragtag bands. I've, uh, put together a gang of ragtag. But I have Lars wrote the fake ones for this one, so none of my uh, <laughs> bullshits in there. All right, here is the. Is the final question. Triple points up for grabs. So, All right. Oh, fuck, man. Anything could happen here. Uh, the question is, what is the synopsis of the 2013 Dutch film Borgman? When Marnix Janssens, a chemist that designs plastic floors, trips one day and falls into a vat of hot resin, the only way the company knows to save him is to replace most of him with the robot that stores the chemical mixtures. Now more machine than man... Marnix grapples with what it means to be human. 
but he also has a deadline to make to create a new coated floor for the local community centre that's going to host an important basketball tournament. What the fuck is going on here? How many genres have been rolled into that? Someone had fun that's, writing that. It's like an 80s movie. There's a bit of Bicentennial Man. There's a bit of Batman. And then, yeah, the classic yeah, 80s American teen movie. There's a big basketball tournament yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up. We've got to save the rec center. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's option one. Option two, Henrik Borgman is a security guard who works at the Van Gogh Museum when he is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Still a virgin in his 30s, he pays a sex worker to sleep with him and falls in love with her, becoming embroiled in the seedy underbelly of Amsterdam's red light district. He runs afoul of the sex worker's pimp, and is forced into a dangerous game of cat and mouse. But with everything to gain and nothing to lose, Borgman will stop at nothing to save his love. Oh. That's option oh. two. Really good wording in that. Option three. Well, geez, having a crack at the wording of option one, I guess. There's only two you've heard so far. And you... <laughs> I, just, I just thought like... Very defensive all of a sudden, Matt. Really beautiful sentences. Run a foul? Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Gorgeous. Uh, option three, after Camille Borgman, a hobo living in an underground den, is chased off by a priest armed with a shotgun, he seeks refuge with a well-to-do family living in a mansion in the woods. The mother of the family takes pity on Borgman and lets him sleep in the garden shed, but things take a turn when the gardener goes missing and Borgman applies for the job. Who is Borgman? And what is the <laughs> point of his elaborate gardening project? A dark yet comical psychological thriller by the Dutch David Lynch. Alex Van Warmendam. That's got to be it, right? That's fucking awesome. What a great <laughs> synopsis. Everything about that was thoroughly convincing. Option uh, four. Childhood friends Theo and Vincent decide to move in together, but Vincent's former roommate Paul won't give him his deposit back. Things <laughs> escalate from there, with Vincent painting the entire house orange, hiring a mariachi band to follow Paul around all day, and paying a street musician to barricade herself in his old room. Theo starts to question whether Vincent is still the person that he used to know, and more importantly, would want to share a flat with. Or finally... It's, it starts off terribly, that one, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I can sort of see that. <laughs> yeah. like some indie, it sounds fun. Indie drama. Yeah. yeah. And final option, a newly widowed teacher spends her nights in the school library instead of going back to her empty house. She finds comfort in an online forum for lonely people until her new e-friend, Borgman, sends a video of her falling <laughs> off a chair in the library 24 hours before it actually happens. Oh, cool. Ooh. I'd watch all these movies. Terrifying. Yeah. Now, if if we could get you... Could we get you attached to the four made-up ones here, Me? Charlie? We'll attach you to them and then we'll we'll look for funding from there because I'm ready to great yeah. mind all of these. Are we going to... Okay. Do you think you could play Borgman? In- I think I could play Borgman. Like, so are they all set in Holland, though? Like, am I having to be Dutch? No, I think I think we'll. Uh, There's an awful we'll lot of Dutch people like who live up my way. I don't know if it's in Australia, but um, we went camping with two of our friends who were Dutch last week with their daughter, and um, they were saying that Australia is quite well known in Holland, like Australia, the country that there's always quirky stories about Australia in their paper like because oh. I was like oh. what made you come to Australia and they're like oh no we we know quite a bit about Australia like it's 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 just in the public consciousness Australia is this I guess like the land of Oz like it's this magical place where things can kill you and it's really far away and stuff they have this real fascination so it's very common that, that you'll just be a little 
what in the weird kind of style yeah, column right. in the newspaper that'll be a story from Australia. That's but they very knew about sweet. like yeah. they knew about um, Sons and Daughters, the TV show. I was like, how the fuck did you know about Sons and Daughters? <laughs> like, oh yeah, we play, get all the Australian soaps in Holland. Sons and Daughters, where the voice of uh, Chips <laughs> Andrew McTaggart. Andrew McCaig. Andrew yeah. McCaig was a star. Well, you you better let him. You go, do you guys know Andrew McCaig? Yeah. Like, well, oh, he's the, he's yeah. the mayor of Amsterdam. <laughs> you probably he need to. He's in our Moomba. Oh, <laughs> he was Moomba. the Moomba king. Dutch Moomba. Yeah, yeah Moomba might make a what in the weird column. Uh, yeah, totally. They made a guy pretending to be Greek. <laughs> they made him the king of Moomba. <laughs> it's the most racist comic character in history, and they made him king of Moomba. Well, I think there might be more racist ones, but... Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is Australia, after all. All right. I'll, I'll probably need to give you some quick rundowns again. Love a recap. Okay. So we had the chemist who uh, was designing plastic floors and became more robot than man. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, this Borgman, the security guard at the Van Gogh Museum, does, uh, diagnosed with termical, ter- terminal cancer and then yeah, um, falls in love killing. with a, a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had Camille Borgman, a hobo who uh, ended up living in the shed of a well-to-do family in the in the woods. Yeah. That's uh, like a, I could see that being like a dogma style, like, you know, film, you know, mm-hmm. one of those, you know, dogma manifesto, Lars von Trier. Oh no! Really, oh. You, know, you know all those dramas that came out. Oh the right! The Dogma Manifesto was in the late nineties and mid two thousands that they wanted to strip filmmaking down to its bare essence, and so it's like they would use only natural lighting. The actors would wear their own clothes. It was just about like the performance and the mood. Lars von Trier, you know, Dance in the Dark. That's that's his kind of grounding as a filmmaker. So I could see that one about the hobo. It's got that kind of social commentary element, like Parasite. Oh, you yeah. know, I could. See, it feels very authentic to me. That's why when you read it out, it's like, oh, that's hundred percent convincing. Right, that's that one. Uh, or Cassie, am I trying to talk you into that one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> My God, rent's due. Rent's due in here. Get out of my head. Uh, the final two, we had the childhood friends. One wouldn't give back the bond, and uh, so the other. If it's that one, I'm really disappointed, and I'm sorry if that's either of yours. <laughs> uh, and finally, the uh, widowed teacher who uh, uh, spends oh, a lot of time in the library ends up getting the. I love this one. Borgman mm. video from the future. Ah. Um, oh. They're all so different. Mm. Mm. And, and credible, apart from the human, the person that falls into a vat of robots or whatever it is. <laughs> Cyborg that somehow is mostly plastic. <laughs> yeah, and has to put lining on a floor at the rec centre or something. I don't know what's going on in that movie. Oh. Um, so it was the plastic uh, robot. Plastic robot. Um, beautiful sentence. Uh, yeah, the security guard. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, the hobo living in the shed. Mm-hmm. Psych- which is a psychological thriller, uh, childhood friends in the share house, or the widowed teacher. Spooky and video. The spooky video. I think it's the hobo for me. It's that was the one that first looked out at me. I'm going to stick. Going to stick with that. Lock that in. All right. Oh. <laughs> I reckon that is a great thing to listen to. <laughs> Someone You're doing welcome. That microphone. <laughs> I think the one with the beautiful sentence in it. I loved the beautiful okay. sentence. Look that in the security guard. What was the but most beautiful sentence? I could also see you writing here? that, Charlie. I'm not that clever. Was it uh, embroiled in the seedy underbelly? What was the beautiful yeah, sentence? Running a foul. Running a foul. 
Oh, he runs afoul of the sex worker's pimp. <laughs> I don't think run afoul is that impressive, is it? I, I, I've never heard a sentence that was that before. That's a new one for me. <laughs> okay, runs afoul. Running afoul of a sex worker's pimp. That's, <laughs> yeah, but it's my favourite album. It sounds really uh, beautiful, like mm, as a sentence. Yeah. Beautiful full name for a girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long name, runs, a lot of middle runs names. Runs afoul there. of a pimp. <laughs> so Run, it'd, be, it'd be runs fair. Uh, runs, runs pimp. A, <laughs> runs a pimp. In Australia, should be just runs a. <laughs> middle runs name. Valley. <laughs> uh, here's who wrote the answers. Uh... Marnix Jansen, the chemist who designs plastic for, uh, floors, becomes a robot. That was written by Lars, aka The House. And he's oh. he's actually Dutch, Charlie. So oh. maybe that's a very believable what? Dutch that, film. Hang on. So first you try and paint me as a misogynist. <laughs> then you try to paint me some kind of racist bigot. It's not my fault. The, the issue is not about the, the author. It is about the what they have written. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Lars also <laughs> wrote the one about the, the share house with uh, okay. Theo oh. and Vincent. Uh-huh. Well, they're, okay. they're the two main ones you uh, had a crack at, uh, but yeah. that's okay. Maybe those are just really good Dutch plot lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one where Borgman sends a video from the future to the teacher, that was Cass Page. Mm. Oh, that was a good one, Cass. Thank you. Actually, you should write that down. It's a good idea. Well, you're attached to it. You're okay. you're playing oh, yeah, the E-friend. Right, of course. <laughs> You'll yeah. be voicing the E-friend, Borgman. <laughs> I'll be the teacher. I'm really good at falling off of chairs. Fantastic. Uh, why did you? It was. You know what's so good about it is it's so simple. Mm. Uh, but can I ask, like, of all the things that could have been sent to her, why the falling off the chair? Like, why not like you get hit by a bus or something more compelling? Because I want. What I think so intriguing about it is it's it's kind of whatever. Because <laughs> like I think I that's the creepy thing. Like, mm. if, yeah. if you're like really lonely and you're just spending your days like trespassing somewhere that you're really not meant to be, it's scary if someone knows where you are. But I'm like, eh, like school's got security footage. I guess someone could just, that's a scary hacking story. But if it's something mundane, mm. like, oh, I saw you read that book, but she's reading a book every day. It needs to be something that is mundane that no one else is going to know about. And, and she might, at first, she'd be like, oh, I guess someone could have, like, deep faked this. And then when it happens yeah. the next day and she falls off the chair, that would be another moment yeah. where she's like, holy shit. Yeah, watching yeah. a video at, like, 10 p.m. at night of, like, you falling off a chair being like, oh, that's weird. Maybe he's found security footage, but he's my friend, so, like, whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. at 10 p.m. the next day being like, that was a weird video, falling off a chair and being like, oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Cass, you went for the one with the beautiful sentence about the security guard who ends up running afoul of the sex worker's pimp. That was written by Charlie Clawson. Ah, really beautiful stuff. You've changed my life. (laughs) And that means, Charlie, you were also correct. Camille Borgman, the hobo living in the shed, is the correct answer. Wow, talk about finishing with a rush. You finished very (laughs) strong. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And I'll tell everyone the scores. This, I know people will be sweating, thinking, oh, who's it going to be? But um, There's been some movement in the numbers. <laughs> before yeah. we get to the final scores, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, critically, it's critically acclaimed, this film. 87% of critics give it uh, a positive rating and 69% of the audience. Dum dums, bunch of dum dums. That's a, that's we a, didn't that's get a, it. That's a that's there. Yeah, that's a ratio when it's too smart for the bloody dum dums. <laughs> yeah. well, the critics love it, but the audience hates it. A uh, quick bit of a positive review and then a negative one. A review from Chris Chris Nashawati says it's the hypnotic little thriller's disturbing twists that make it such a singular and singularly weird experience. Uh, though Mark Feeney hated it writing for the Boston Globe. 
What Marina sees in Borgman is one of the countless implausibilities that make this film more annoying than disturbing. Uh, you're disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me being the director yelling at the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, final scores in third place. Uh, nothing to be sneezed at. On one point, it's the house. <laughs> in st- that's incredibly sneezeworthy. <laughs> that's probably the most sneeze, or zero would be the most sneezy. Uh, in second place on five points, it's Cass. But doubling his score in that final round and finishing on 12 points, it's Charlie Clawson. Yay! Thank you. You, you was, played uh, an excellent game. And so did you. And hats off. Matt, Matt well, you know, you, you were there too. You were playing the game as well. <laughs> yeah, I was basically a spectator in the end, really. Wasn't <laughs> it? it was very, look, it was very neck and neck and it could have gone either way. And I think I kind of, I played a bit more aggressively than you in that I, I actively tried to mislead you. <laughs> you. You were just much more sports woman-like about it where you were you were just playing the game where I was like actively trying to give you a red herring and throw you off and stuff. So, and it worked. Yeah. I got track. I, I think <laughs> yeah, but that's all part when, of the fun well, though, this is the a rivalry though. I think on the return match, I would like to see like, you know, maybe 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 the tables will turn. Maybe we'll have be... a more conniving round. Yeah. We'll have yeah, to well, get no, a rematch going. That's... <laughs> yeah. Definitely down for a rematch. Absolutely. Uh, so, Cass, where can people find you before we go? Um, in a library after hours, um, <laughs> 24 hours in the future. Um, find me on sanspantradio.com. I am on Shut Up a Second, Being Hot is Hard, and Every Now and Then D&D is for Nerds. Awesome. Do you um, want to hear me making up more stories on the fly? <laughs> yes, I do. And Charlie, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me uh, at tofop.com that's uh, all my shows are housed there uh, you can also find me on what used to be Twitter I don't know what it's called now <laughs> at CX Clawson or Charlie underscore Clawson on Instagram that's where a lot of our video highlights get posted CX so Clawson you're ahead of the game with the getting the X in there oh uh, yeah well yeah, yeah me and Elon <laughs> peas in a pod <laughs> vibing harder than me and Cass <laughs> I'll never have what you have and that's okay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy to be living it. in the same world as it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, hang around to after credit scenes. We're gonna there'll be some stuff that was uh, too hot for the main body of this episode. <laughs> was there? Um I don't know, I can't remember. We just chop out some stuff that probably doesn't make sense in the middle and we yeah. make put it out of context at the end to make it's some make very it. controversial opinions on Russell Brand. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> big fan from what I can tell. Claire Hooper said that it, uh, listening to the end bit it was like having a fever dream. Uh, oh, so that's, <laughs> that's a good review. Yeah, I liked it too. That's a full body experience. That's not just the mind. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Please give us a five-star review. Why not? I've got a few lately and they all make me feel real nice. Uh, let your friends know if you think they might enjoy it. And cheers for tuning in to Who Knew with Matt Stewart. Now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm still saying chug em. Sprogum. Smegma. Smegma. Smeg. Smeg. It's a beautiful word. Sprog. I haven't had that in a while. It's a good one. Sprogs come from Smeg. They could come from. Oh, they could come from Smeg, right? Sprogs come from Smeg. Oh, wait. You know, they. Hang on. What is a sprog? They talk about there being. I thought. Seven different words in the Inuit language for ice. Is that Mm. the same for Australian English and juice? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is spoof. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of Spoof. Spoof, I don't know. I just get a bit grossed out by that. I have, um, I'm a bit uh, trypophobic. You know, people who, you know what trypophobia is? It's the fear of like holes and bubbles and stuff like that. It's when you fall down the Clawson hole.
Yeah, exactly. And my daughter has started um, blowing bubbles in her milk and it fucking grosses me the fuck out. And that's what I think of when you say spoof. <laughs> it's just like bubbly sperm. It's just gross. I think this episode's already a win because Matt's learnt about smegma. Yeah. And we've learnt about chogma. Yeah. Well, I still don't know what chogma is. It's apparently I, some uh, yeah. advisory body. I believe yeah, we're voting like for that. them in a referendum or something. Chogum. I think Chogum is a Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. Chogum, which is a great name. Oh, yes. For a boy or girl. Uh, <laughs> meet little Chogum. Um, this is good stuff. You've both uh, nailed the brief here. Love a brief nailing. <laughs> it's all about oh. efficiency, eh? <laughs> Don't. Yeah, they, they, then you have to wipe the uh, spermicelli oh. <laughs> off, off, the, off the wall. Yeah, it's like you think you're saving time, but you're not yeah. really. You know, that time's going to go elsewhere. It's like yeah. meal prep. You're still spending the exact same amount of time cooking. It's just it's spread out in a different way. I don't. That's not true. I don't think that's true. The whole point of meal prepping is you cook in bulk, so you don't actually okay. spend more time. You don't spend the same amount of time. But it, it fit. Oh, well, I'm cooking on a pan, so it's if I'm cooking a kilo of meat, it's going to take 10 times as long as if I'm just doing the one. Would it really? Like, think about it. I don't think it takes it. Like, if I had 500, so just say I'm making uh, bolognese for one. Yeah. Or spermaceti, 500 grams. Yep. Yeah, or spermaceti for one. <laughs> so 500 grams of beef. Yeah. If I get a kilo, is it going to take twice as long to cook? That's I guess twice it must, as much, right? Because they're all the little little granules have to cook the entire way around. I suppose if you've got mm. a really big pan. And you d- yeah, like it's I the, don't know. the time taking, I guess, from the fridge, <laughs> saving that journey, doing it all in one yeah. go. Yeah, I'm, I'm There'd be saving little savings, maybe. A lot of steps on the way to and from the fridge. I don't think. Yeah, I guess so. You're chopping up some potatoes. Just say you're air frying some sweet potato chips as well. Yeah. So just say you do five of those. I don't think it takes you that much. I, I think it'd be a negligible difference. I don't think it's proportional to the number of meals. Like you make five meals, it's five times as long. I, I'll give you. <laughs> Okay. One and a half to two times. You know what? To, no, I think maybe... you're convincing me. Because when I, when I meal prep, <laughs> instead of chopping food, I just put all of it in a food processor. Totally. So, but then so, I have to yeah. clean the food processor. Right. Well, that you didn't bring counting into it. Now that's a whole different story. <laughs> Cleaning up. Well, that was, the, that was what we were saying. You know, if you have a brief nailing, mm. then you've, <laughs> you've still got the clean. Never mind. <laughs> Learning a lot today. Um, I'm learning I don't save as much time as I think. No, sorry. Well, I'm saving more time than I think. Yeah, no, more that's time. actually... That's good. I'm I mean, up. Positive. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. What am I going to do with all my extra time? <laughs> Have you ever been to... I went to a football game, maybe not too recently, but it was like a an Essendon... I can't remember who they were playing, but they had this whole thing going, like Australian rules football, where every time... Essendon kicked a goal, they donate eight meals to hungry children, mm. which means they have the capacity to donate, like, you know, oh, God, it would, be, would have been hundreds of meals, right? Wow. And we were just imagining, like, all these kids, like, back, like, out in the out, outside on the streets with, like, this big table of meals. And every time they kicked a goal, I was like, right, 80 forward, come on. <laughs> yeah. come on. Give it the back. End of the- and they didn't play a great game, which is fine. Like, you know, sport's hard. They're just <laughs> scooping all the food off the table into a bin. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that Matt, do you remember that 
that Good Friday game, the Saints played against North in like yes. 2017. And Good Brutal. Friday, traditionally, for every goal, they donate like $1,000 to the Children's <laughs> Hospital. And we got to half time and like two goals had been kicked for the entire game. I was so embarrassed. That's the closest I've come for, to, to quitting the club after that, watching that. I was like, this is humiliating. Yeah, that was, that was a real low point. Yeah. Just- and there's competition for it. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much money because they, you know, you can kick like what twenty goals in a game. Is that like a yeah. decent wow, amount of goals? That's a pretty, that's a, that's a pretty a, good game. That's a very 12, good game. Tw- twelve on average, I'd say twelve. Twelve but a game. That's like twelve grand that they're like, hey, I'm I'm willing to just automatically give kids twelve grand. It's like, sorry, only two. <laughs> Two thousand. Yeah. We're actually going to keep the rest. And also, bad that- luck, kid. Max King had a terrible night. Bad luck. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't Max have enough pressure on him without having hungry kids <laughs> An in his head? Child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oliver Twist standing on the side. <laughs> Please, Mr. King, kick it for me. I'm so, I'm terribly angry. <laughs> All right, we're off to get that Victorian three. street urchin. It's <laughs> 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 always a good sign when the guests make themselves laugh. I'm just visualizing, I just can't get past the cats. Now I'm thinking, like, is they've got a dedicated train line just for cats. Like, it's a, like a little train and a little rails. And so you go there with your luggage, you put your luggage on, and then you put your cat into the little train. Like, first class, they have to wear little hats. Oh, glasses. beautiful. And, like, it, it takes longer than a normal train because you open the door and the cat's standing like, I don't know if I want to go out. Yeah. Do I want to go in? Do I want... Like, the cats are pushing the buttons to get let out at every stop and they just sit there like, I don't... Maybe... No. <laughs> you guys have cats? <laughs> I had a cat. I had a cat. I haven't growing up. It fucking hated me. Oh. I've, got, I've got six sisters, so all all girls in my house, and the cat loved the girls. It fucking hated me. He was a real. We didn't even give him a name for eleven years. He was just the cat, and then we called him Ian on his eleventh birthday. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> on but his eleventh like birthday. Yeah, yeah. When he was quite old, we decided we needed a name. <laughs> needed so we new, Ian. New new name to suit the new vibe. Ian. Um, <laughs> I like it. You've got to the point where now you're overthinking, I think. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've lost my mojo. Well, Cass um, did have a good round three. And that's. Yeah, she did. Like, I, I'm intimidated. You're spooked now. by that because you were, well, you were flying totally high early. Well, now I'm spooked confident. by it. I'm, it's it's going to swap over, right? I don't know. You're well, going to parry you know, my block. Not, well, at some well, I'm point, I've got to step up. I lose my confidence. It's like Rocky Three. I'm scared, all right? I'm scared. <laughs> I need Club, uh, not Club Lang. Who's the other one? Apollo Creed to come take me for a run on the beach so I can find the eye of the tiger. Uh, this, is, this feels like the perfect balance. Sometimes you what? get guests that don't give a fuck about the game at all. <laughs> right. But you, you're both being funny, but really trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's more fun to just. I like that the house is being completely excluded from this game at this point. Yeah. The, have, have any of us chosen the house oh, once? No, the house is on naught. Okay, sorry. This is, yeah, not my best effort, but... I think you put in a lot of effort. I'm excited to hear it. Okay, thank you. Oh, this is worse. Your pity is worse than your... Um... <laughs> it's not pity. <laughs> yes, that's, you know they're not seeing you as an equal anymore. But no. they say, hey, hey, that was really yeah. good effort. You could definitely could have beaten me. Yeah. No, I'm, thanks for, yeah, I'm thanks having for the fun. I'm excited for the game to keep going. <laughs> Well, those girls, um, those American, the conjoined twins, you know, the ones 
that that those two girls they just got married recently. The conjoined, you know, the lady I'm talking about. It's like one body but two heads on the one body. No, they maybe have three arms or four. I can't remember. Anyway, conjoined sisters just recently got married, and I was listening to this podcast. They're discussing like, well, what's the scenario around? Like, has he married both of them? Is this sort of a polygamy? Oh right, oh. they both married the same person. Yeah, yeah, they're both married to this one guy because they're in the one body. And then it's like, well, if he wants to get intimate with one of them, does the other one have to be like asleep? Like, I have, what's oh. the what's the? I would think the they just have to both be. It's a threesome. Every yeah, time they you just. Have well, sex. Yeah, I think. I imagine you just need all three to be up for it. Yeah, oh, that's hard enough to convince one. Convince, <laughs> convince, Charlie. <laughs> I'm eating brains. I'm doing everything. On, I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> I've ordered the fanciest thing on the menu. <laughs> what, yeah. else, what else well, can I do? It's got the lamb brains. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.